mother's mom was a godly woman who raised 11 children. She's gone now, as are all of her children, but she used to preach the gospel in northern Wisconsin amidst the many hardships of being an immigrant farm family member. For the last years of her life, she was bedridden with terrible, crippling arthritis. My mother also suffered for many decades. She was institutionalized for several years, received shock treatments the old-fashioned way, and finally had a lobotomy. She also struggled until the day she died. I've also struggled as well with chronic fatigue syndrome for nearly 40 years. And the question is being shouted out by many people today, how can there be a God if there's so much suffering and evil? It is the great question that every person in America must face if we're going to keep the faith in 2021. Suffering will shake us and root out the darkness in our lives if we let it. Through our honesty, humility, and the fear of the Lord, we will be able to receive His strength and overcome this world. Hard things are used to refine us, so we may be counted worthy by faith, to reign forever with Christ. Today, Pastor Hardiga shares the foundations of liberty through hardship. When Jesus Christ, the Savior and Creator of all that exists, came to earth, He showed us that the power of God to heal, raise the dead, cast out devils, and teach of God's holiness and love was real. The real question now that men must ask is, how did God allow humanity to still live in the earth after we crucified the Son of God? When the disciple John was on the prison island of Patmos, God spoke to him about the last days. One of the first things he told John was why he was going to show us how Jesus Christ was going to come back to earth again. His purpose was to call men everywhere to repent and overcome the darkness in this world. To the church in Smyrna, which Jesus had no quarrel with, he said these words, Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. The devil's going to do it, Jesus said. The real question is why God allows the devil to deceive people, and even more vitally, why do people allow deception to be accepted as the truth? Why were six million Jews killed in the Holocaust? Why sixty million babies and sixty million Russians killed? Well, you're not one of the six million or the sixty million. But it's not the first time that God allowed enemies of the Jewish people to conquer and kill them. Read what the Bible says about it. Why did Russia believe Stalin and Germany believe Hitler? God allows people to make choices, but He also accommodates the consequences according to unbending principles. The real question is then, what are we willing to learn from the answers we receive? Evil and suffering happen in this world because there is evil and darkness in the world. Jesus said some of the Revelation churches had liars. Some had left their first love. Some were living in sexual immorality and their church had no problem with it. Others had started to serve God, but they fell away from their works and only had a reputation of being alive. 
And then there were those who actually thought they were right with God, but they were lukewarm at best. Others he had no problem with, but they too would have to accept the same challenge of the last days. Overcome. Overcome the evil, whether it has been allowed in you or it has tried to destroy you from without. We live today in a lukewarm Christian culture in America. We've gotten soft, lost much of our zeal for God as a nation, and are at the point of losing our Christian liberty and identity. Why? The Bible says it's because men love darkness over light, because their deeds are evil. But the problem with darkness is that it allows for easy deception. Revelation 2.8 finds God saying, I know your suffering and coming tribulation. As if to say, do you know that I know? The first answer about suffering is simply this. God exists. Knowing that he is and that he is who he said he is, is the beginning of peace in the storm. We have got to understand the basic precept of faith. Suffering doesn't get to define God, nor do we get to define God by what we see. We utterly limit him to our sphere of capacity in all things if we think we can put God in a box that is limited by our humanity. The real question in suffering is this, does God really exist? If we are going to challenge that, then we have no enduring answer for suffering. You see, this is about trusting in Him, not in our ability to figure out the universe or our ability to rule the world. Faith must believe that He is and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Jump, son! The father called out to his son in the darkness, punctuated only by the explosions of war. Dad was in a deep crater, so he cried out to his son. His son said, I can't jump, father, I can't see you. But his father simply said, But I can see you, son. Jump. Will you trust in something, someone that you can't fully comprehend and figure out? Or are you going to limit God to your ability to understand, create, provide for, sustain, and protect? Is God so limited that He can only do what we understand Him to do, to be, and how He exists? He answers, where were you when I hung the stars in the sky and commanded the waters to stand back from the land? He's not to be defined by suffering or freedom from it. He's to be revealed by the means He chooses, and that begins with the fear of the Lord and the humility of man. The Bible says, Thus saith the High and Lofty One that inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The first answer to the question of suffering is to answer the question, does God exist? Does he have the right to show us who he is, or do we get to define him? When men answer those two questions properly, they will find the power to answer the next question, how do I overcome this suffering? That's why we see a progression in the book of Revelation. First, Jesus is revealed in his glory and his power to John. Then, he is seen as the one who is holding us accountable, not the other way around. 
Then we see the unfolding of the greatest suffering this world will ever know as God lets the darkness be fully exposed so that it can be seen for what it is and defeated forever. This is all a result of one thing. The world didn't properly answer the question of suffering. God was asking it all along, not us. Jesus said this child was born not because of his sin or that of his parents, but for the glory of God to be displayed. Jesus was treated horribly and suffered greatly because he was light, and men lived in darkness. So he used the darkness with its suffering and evil to defeat the evil. Suffering's greatest revelation was that God used it as a canvas upon which to paint his greatest victory, the heights of his glorious love, and the definition of the pathway to overcoming sin. God does not take joy in suffering, nor does he wish his people to accept it as their punishment for their sins. His intention is to defeat it by embracing it, taking it by the throat, and destroying its power over us. By this process, we enter into the worthiness of Christ and become fitted for His glory for all of eternity. Jesus didn't say, build a big name for yourself and prove yourself successful. He said you will have tribulation, but be faithful. Your reward is eternal, and you'll store it up in the secure vaults of heaven. When He sees in us that His grace is sufficient for us, He'll be far more inclined to deliver us. That's the place of joy and true liberty that no man can take away from us. May such strength be yours today.